when I die, I want to be frozen. And if they have to freeze me in pieces, so be it. I will wake up stronger than ever because I will have used that time to figure out exactly why I died and what moves I could have used to defend myself better now that I know what hold he had me in. Welcome to the 96th episode of Egg Timer Philosophy. I'm your host, Eric Roark, and for today, something that Dwight Schrute from the intro clip would be highly interested in, transhumanism and immortality. Now, transhumanism isn't a term most people are familiar with, so that'll be a good place to start. The easiest way to describe transhumanism is that it's a collection of views that speak to or offer some vision of human beings transcending their typical biological nature and becoming something else. And that something else typically involves some account or story about how human beings will move away from their carbon-based fleshy bodies to something more robotic or mechanical or even digitally based. And I should stress here, these accounts can be extremely broad. How this transition or transcendence occurs can be imagined to come about in many different ways, and no one really knows how it might unfold. In some ways, transhumanism grew out of themes from science fiction. And for a long time, it basically stayed there. One of the most well-known examples of this is the teletransporter from the original Star Trek that aired in the late 1960s. But over the last couple of decades, what first seemed like science fiction has started to look a lot less fictional. We see this with advanced prosthetics for the body and with Elon Musk's Neuralink project that he's been throwing a lot of money into developing. Neuralink is basically a technology where an implant is surgically connected to a person's brain that is capable of digitally reproducing signals or patterns of neurons in the brain onto some digitally based format. Now, this technology is in its infancy for now. But what it could lead to is a radically different transhumanist future. Once our brain states are reliably recorded, transferred, and saved as binary code, then there's no clear limit to just how much of our psychological selves can be preserved indefinitely. And this is where immortality comes into the transhumanist picture. In an interview with Insider released a few weeks ago, Elon Musk spoke exactly to this issue. And you can find that interview with a quick Google search and read the whole thing for yourself. But one section of it deals specifically with transhumanism and immortality. And here's that section directly. Musk. Neuralink in the short term is just about solving brain injuries, spinal injuries, and that kind of thing. So for many years, Neuralink's products will just be helpful to someone who has lost the use of their arms or legs or who has had a traumatic brain injury of some kind. That's what Neuralink will be useful for for many years. Interviewer. Could you imagine that one day we would be able to download our brain, our human brain capacity into Optimus? Musk, I think it is possible. Interviewer, which would be a different way of eternal life because we would download our personalities into a bot. Musk, yes, we could download the things that we believe make ourselves so unique. Now, of course, if you're not in that body anymore, 
that's definitely going to be different. But as far as preserving our memories, our personality, I think we could do that. Interviewer. The singularity movement that that the inventor and futurist Ray Kuzweli has, I think, predicted for 2025 is fast approaching. Is this timeline still realistic? Musk. I'm not so sure if there is some very sharp boundary. I think it is much smoother. There is already so much compute that we outsource. Our memories are stored in our phones and computers with pictures and video. Computers and phones amplify our ability to communicate, enabling us to do things that would have been considered magical. Now you can have two people have a video call basically for free on opposite sides of the world. It's amazing. We've already amplified our human brains massively with computers. It could be an interesting ratio to roughly calculate the amount of compute that is digital divided by the amount of compute that is biological. And how does that ratio change over time? With so much digital compute happening so fast, that ratio should be increasing rapidly. All right, so that's the segment from the interview. And just to be clear, Musk is talking about something that sci-fi writers and transhumanists like Kazueli have hide on the radar screen for a very long time. The difference is that now we're beginning to have the technology in its infancy still that nonetheless offers a decent reason to think this could actually happen. The end game here is pretty clear, even if the exact time frame or specifics for how that end game happens is not. The end game is the elimination of death by having some technological means of continuing a person's psychological state, including all their dispositions, memories, beliefs, attitudes, all of it indefinitely. Sure, the body will break down, but by this time, we'll have synthetic organs and other parts to fix that problem. And for the most part, no one could point to a specific part of their body and think, if that goes, then I go. Would your having a synthetic liver or kidney, heart, maybe a synthetic set of lungs, threaten your continued existence? Probably not. You'd still be you so long as you had a relatively continuous mental or psychological life. Now, with all this on the table and the real prospect that there could be listeners of this podcast who will become immortal at some point in the future, I want to set up next week's episode a bit for part two on this topic. The issues I'll get into next week include whether the elimination of death through technological means suggests a new step in human evolution or whether it means the elimination of humanity and something new in its place and whether that matters and why it might. I'll also consider why a person might have some trepidation about opting for an immortal existence. And last, I'll review some of the massive changes that would occur to both our lived experience and philosophical thought um, that would occur from immortality. So join me again next week on The Egg Timer as the implications of immortality get cracked open a bit more. Until then, Wishing you good philosophical vibes.